BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than a hundred televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for. And they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it. And I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The athletic club, Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. We're huddle with me, Bram. No markers today, but with me per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, I am fired up to announce that rejoining us after way too long. Yahoo Sports College and NBA guru, a consummate draft insider who has spent season after season developing more knowledge, background, and experience than anyone anywhere within the sports media landscape. A player whose sharp crossover left at least one unsuspecting date in the emergency room with a torn ACL. And my favorite guest on this show, Miss Kristen Peak. What's going on, KP? You know what's so funny about that intro is like in college, I was more of a shooter. And so... The fact it's even funnier that I crossed over a guy and broke his ankle or foot when I wasn't even like a big time playmaker. I was I was a two guard. I was a shooter. Anyway, I'm sure there's been like a bunch of dates where you've left people just deep in their feelings after beating their ass in horse too. You just haven't told us those yet. I'll I'll incorporate those into the intro at some point. One okay, fun right. fact though, my claim to fame on the basketball court is that I once beat. Trey Young in and around the world shooting threes oh. at USA basketball, but I made him shoot left-handed and I shot right-handed <laughs> and I beat him by one. And he's like, let's run it back. And I was like, Nope, I'm retiring. Exactly. Right. right. You should. Here's some legal advice. Never include that left-handed distinction <laughs> again. There's no reason for you to tell anybody that also to illustrate to you that you are in fact, my, my favorite guest. 
I left a bunch of intro compliments in my bag here. I'm mean, like, you have so many random things. I wasn't sure what to put in here. Uh, an intrepid reporter who has developed personal relationships with every top 10 draft pick over the last decade. A savvy Disneyland vet who knows how to use her twin sister to Fact. get around the nasty line and prices. A landlord yep. who will not share her bath salts. I've got like a million. Zero chance. Just, Those are all true. So many, so many things. I'm not going to dig into the Disney thing because I think we'll be sued and they'll they'll run your ass down. So I'll just leave it as a just a vague. Well, comment. okay, uh, uh, we can say all amusement parks. My sister and I take advantage of the fact that we look exactly alike, and um, uh, you know how we want to spend the day together and fill not in the blanks. Yes, fill in the blanks. Disney. I'll have you know, I did not say that, and I have nothing to do with this. Let's move on quickly, KP. I don't want to get you in any trouble. And I, so I manufacture reasons, multiple reasons, every year to have you on the pod because I love talking to you. But now, this time, you know, at this time of year, there's no manufactured reason you are the one person every fucking podcast should be seeking to come in because we're in draft season. So I got a whole bunch of shit to ask you about, not just draft. I got some uh, Kamigo questions for you, too. But before we get to any of them, let's get our glass half full out of the way. You may remember this. We look back at recent hoop. I'd like to tell you Warriors hoop, but there's no Warriors hoop to look back on recently. So look back on anything you like. Give me something you like or you don't. I'll go first. Here's something I like. Watching both the draft and NBA playoffs without like the personal pressure that I normally feel when the Warriors are involved. You know, like watching the draft be be revealed as it went up. The draft, lottery. draft the lottery. draft lottery. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I was testing you and you've passed my test. I that, It used to make me like so tense, especially if your team got into that top three and you got on the other side of the commercial break and you had to wait to see where the hell you were. So watching that, without my you know asshole puckered up or playoffs without me being furious all the time it's actually been kind of nice so i like the the lack of pressure right now what do you guys got i'll go um okay i didn't know and i came across this video last night when the nuggets defeated they swept i'm sorry they swept lebron james and the lakers um i didn't know and and like i grew up in colorado i'm not a lifelong Denver Nuggets fan, but my brother is, my dad is, and I know that they're very excited for the finals. Um, but I didn't know I needed this video in my life until it came across my timeline first on Twitter and then again on Instagram. But it was Nikola Jokic's brothers, his two <laughs> brothers who are just as big as him. Head coach Mike Malone came to give him just like a group hug and they scooped him up like he was a child and just started like playing with him and like and jumping up and down with Mike Malone in their arm and in their both their arms. And I was just like, I didn't know this was the video that I needed in 2023 until just this very moment. Um, so that was definitely my half glass full. My like my only <laughs> I kind of got annoyed during the the trophy ceremony when, you know, you've got. Jamal Murray and his performance during the playoffs, you got Nikola Jokic and his performance. And you have, you have the three rookies from the Nuggets, like crowding the, the stage. Like, and, and I'm like, you, I mean, it's probably exciting for them, but it's like, can y'all kind of like move in the back a little yeah. Aaron Jordan is in the back. Like we can't even see Michael Porter. Like, why are you three like front and center? Like someone needs to, 
<laughs> this is incredible. You've just earned a new intro line. Someone who may be as petty as I am. So nicely played, KP. I absolutely love that. Here, I'll jump on the petty train. Something I loved, watching pompous-ass Laker fan have to suck on a series fucking sweep. I, the, I don't know if I've ever seen sunglasses worn inside more casually than at those goddamn Laker games. And the thing, it just... It's such a pompous move. It bothers me so many ways. And watching them have to flip from like their fake night night shit when uh, when Steph was losing to now watching their team go down with no fight at all. Huge fan, just huge fan. It was a fun series. I'm ex- I'm I like people are like, oh, Nuggets in the finals. Oh, how fun is this? They are a, when you sit and watch them play. They are a very very fun, entertaining team to watch. That was basically an impersonation of Maxime. Uh, I mean, that's. I thought that was basically Maxime speaking. Maxime, what do you like or don't? Yeah, it was an Im- impeccable uh, impersonation. I got to say, first of all, I don't know that it was a very fun series. The reason that I picked the Warriors to come out of the Warriors-Lakers series was in huge part because I thought LeBron was going to gas out by the end of the series. It just took him an extra four games, but that dude was not, you know, he's old, right? Like, I think he was... Uh, um, pontificating on whether or not this was going to be his last season in his post-game presser. And, uh, you know, I mean, right, he's drumming up a bunch of uh, drama there. You know, he's going to be back at least until Bronny's in the league, uh, so we think. But you got you to gotta give him some um, understanding there, right? Because he, he looked exhausted. We got two more years of LeBron. And I saw on Twitter that people were saying, okay, take a grace year, take a sabbatical, take a year off, go watch, <laughs> go watch Bronny play at USC down the road and then you two package deal you go wherever he's drafted and we have the farewell tour that everybody knows is going to happen I saw butt crack sports uh, or, or some outfit like that report that the year he's going to take off is he's going to go back to USC and play with Bronny for a year and I know that's impossible but I I just like the idea of it for sure and I'll admit something to you guys if you promise not to tell anybody else I didn't like watching LeBron look old I've spent, like, he's a villain of mine. You know, he has beaten my team so many times. I was rooting against him as hard as I possibly could. And then during that second half, when he looked gassed, I didn't like it. You know, and like in movies, right? Pick a villain from anything. There's never a scene when they're still in power, but they're not that good. You know, they, they die. They're, they're gone. They're out of the movie the second that they're not, like, at the peak of their powers. And watching him still be around... You know, but not being successful, I don't like. There was never a scene where Darth Vader was kind of slow with a lightsaber. You know what I mean? Like he was just done. He was out. And so watching him on the other side of this, I don't. It, it hit me in a way I didn't anticipate. Um, I've got a, a real good friend of, in my life who we text occasionally during basketball games, and the second that they lost, he texted me. You know, fuck LeBron and all this stuff. And my response was like, I feel bad about. It. Like I don't. I don't know. Uh, but like I said, don't tell anybody. That's just between us. I'll give you. Both something else I didn't like. Maxime, have you got that video of the Spurs landing the number one pick? So Spurs have the right for uh, Victor Wenmanyama. And before we hit play, Christian, what I didn't like about this, I thought that the Spurs executive was a little out of pocket. This fool celebrated way too much after he was awarded the one pick. But let's play it, and then I want your opinion on it. The fourth pick in the NBA draft goes to the Houston Rockets. Do you hear the gasps? (laughs) The third pick belongs to the Portland Trailblazers. Everybody's hella professional. 
You know, nobody's The second frowning, pick will be made anything. by the Charlotte Hornets. Let's go! And that means that the number one pick in the 2023 <laughs> NBA draft goes go! to the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. The San Two Let's Goes. Two giant like hand reactions. This fool is acting like he just won the fucking fantasy draft. So am I, am I being wrong? Should okay. we get to the little bit more professional? No, no, what? no, 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 no. And I'll tell you why. Because in the room where the the ping pong balls actually fall, my my coworker uh, Jake Fisher wrote an exceptional story on this, on explaining how, exactly like how everything transpired in that room. So for all the conspiracy theorists out there, <laughs> it. it, it that that's not how it happened. All right. He was in the room. He, he, you know, uh, detailed everything, but to his point, that is the professional setting. Like when Brian Wright, the GM for the Spurs, he was in there as the representative when he found out that they were actually going to land the number one pick. It was very just like by the book. And like Brian later said, he's like, you have no idea how hard it was just to like, I was screaming inside, but I was just like nodding, like, Okay, thank you, basketball gods. Like we are now uh, in the running for you know a title contention down the road, right? So like in the draft lottery room, like this is a show, and I have no pro. I I welcome that because I'd rather have that than like the <laughs> the stone cold looks from like Colin Sexton representing the Utah Jazz when they'll uh, probably be targeting a primary ball handler, uh, his position in the lottery. <laughs> Like that to me, I, I'm all for the celebrating. And I mean, the what the, the Spurs are now going to be relevant again with a great head coach. Their um, franchise is probably going to maybe double in what it's worth in a few years with Victor Wimbanyama. It happened with LeBron James 20 years ago with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I read something that like Michael Jordan and getting the second pick. I think they are now, they miss out on a value of $500 million that they could have increased with Victor Wimbanyama, with the ticket sales, with um, the notoriety, with just the anticipation of him coming, with jersey sales and everything. That's how big this draft lottery was. And I was here for it. I don't, I don't even care. Have I changed your mind? No, because I'm the hater. So everything you just said is 100% right. I mean, that, you know, like you're justified in saying all that. But I, you know who I associated with was like Brandon Rye or Roy or Colin Sexton, any of the other people in there. If I had like my heart in my throat and I'm waiting for this thing to be announced, $500 million of value towards my my team. And then I come up short. You know what I don't need? Some guy double fist bumpy screaming, let's go more than once. You know, like save that for when you leave the set. Like you could do that anywhere else. I don't need it here. Maxine, oh, no, no, it stop it. Stop it, Bram. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> That'd be our, be our vote getter or our, our uh, deciding vote, Maxine. What do you think? Exceptionally unprofessional or just slightly unprofessional? That'd be like like Jokic sweeping the Lakers and then not fist pumping after the game, you know, or being like, nah, I don't, I don't actually want the Western conference finalists. He uh, did do that. He said, when they asked, they're like, what does this trophy (laughs) mean to you? He said, said, to be honest, nothing. (laughs) We have four more games. 
That's exactly what he did. Thank Let's you, go. Naheem. I am right. Let's go. He was trying to support you, KB, and he just <laughs> cut his legs out, which makes me hell of happy either side. I'm going to celebrate like I just got the one pick because I think I came out of this with the right argument. All right. It's the perfect transition. We're going to go to the golden questions. And here's our first. Also, you didn't say anything that we put up your article on that video, by the way. We left I, it up for a while. It had your name up there. I, that, I was, kept, that was great. Kept waiting for you to say something. It's weird that we got this far. But anyways, uh, here's our question. Quote, Adrian Wojciechowski described Victor Wembanyama as, quote, the best prospect the NBA has ever seen. But honestly, I trust KP over ESPN's Mad Bomber. Let me pause. ESPN's Mad Bomber, solid take. Uh, continues. Does Christian agree or was that just broadcast hyperbole? All right. So don't answer quite yet, Kristen. Um, I looked up your article. In fact, we were just looking at it. Here's what she said about Victor real quickly. Quote, when Benyama is comfortable handling the ball like a guard, can shoot it from deep, and does things on the court that no other player in the world can do right now. When Benyama's NBA comparison is a mixture between Kevin Durant and Ruby Gobert with the shooting mechanics on offense and the way he protects the room and alters shots on defense. All right, so that in tow, KP. Best right. prospect ever? I mean, at least in the last 20 years, 100%. I would say he's the most anticipated prospect to ever hit the NBA. Things on a court no other player can do. What? Uh, it's unbelievable. I've now called, um, like, I want to say six or seven different uh, games of his on the NBA app. Um, they play again, I think, on Thursday. They're right now in the playoffs. They lost this afternoon. but. I'll be I'll be I'll be calling color for one of his games and he'll put up a three pointer. And then before you know it, he's tip dunking his own three back in the like I'm like, who else is doing this? Nobody else is doing this right now. Or he's doing those those uh, running threes that like um, who you who like, I mean, it's very Kevin Durant esque, but Kevin does it within the lane like yeah. Victor's doing it one footed from the three point, like things, he just does things every game where you're just like, mm, you shouldn't be able to do that on a basketball court. And somehow you're 19 years old and just like doing it very, uh, f like casually and with fluid. And I mean, it just looks like it's, it's natural for him. You have been calling this for years, for years. I, I heard the words when Benyama way yeah. before, you know. This you, and I remember you're like, oh, I'm going to have to practice saying that name. And I'm like, don't worry about it. His name will be a household name. Like, <laughs> Okay, that's your second flawless impersonation of both of us. So that's just really nicely played. Um, here's what I remember. I remember, so I, I don't have anywhere near the experience you do watching this kid. In fact, it's limited to that Vegas showcase that we saw when, when Scoo was a part of it. And when I turned it on, I was watching to hate watch it. I'm a hater. And so I like, I kind of wanted to like send you a text. Like this dude is not that good. What you, and then within eight seconds, I've, I've never seen anybody with his type of body control um, and, and range from deep despite being seven foot five. But here, I've got three biggest reason questions for you. Okay. Reason okay. number one, biggest reason he'll be a game changing player for the Spurs. Because he's not only everyone will talk about his defensive threat and what he can do with his eight foot wingspan and whether that's uh, altering shots and impacting different possessions from all over the court. And obviously his shot blocking where right now he's averaging over three blocks in uh, the Baltic League in France, um, leading in blocks for that, uh, but also offensively in his threat and what he can do not only with the ball in his hands, but out of the pick and roll, out of the pick and pop. 
Um, and defensively, he knows he's going to get um, like that. People are going to target him with wings off the switch. Mm. And when you talk or I, when I, I've talked to and I wrote a story on his trainer, Tim Martin and Tyrese Maxey told this story when he walked in the gym for the first time and Victor came up to him and said, let's play ones. But I want to play defense on you the entire time because I know I'm going to have to learn to, to defend guards in the NBA. And I want to get a head start on that. And Tyrese is like, nobody in the history of the world has ever been like, let's play ones, but I only want to play defense. So the, just the, how we can impact the game on every different level, whether it's offense or defense. And not only that, but he's shown this over in France where it doesn't matter the lineup that he that is put around him, he makes other players on his team better. Like Bilal Kolobelli is, was just a, a, a kid from France that may have been a, might be a prospect next year. And now playing a, next to Victor, he's a projected first round pick, hmm. only averaging under five points a game. But people see what his, what his uh, upside is and what he can do alongside Victor. And they're like, oh, you know what? We should probably take a look at him. It's that unbelievable. Story really shows his maturity. You know, so like at that portion, if you're the number one pick, surefire, you're a game changer. We've all been talking about your name. You'd be totally forgivable if you entered into a gym and you were just putting yourself in a position to succeed, not to grow. You know, like, well, watch me shoot three-pointers. Uh, Tyrese, guard me because I can shoot over you every single time. And the idea that he would go out there and say, well, I got to learn. I got to figure out if I can guard you and put himself in a scenario where he didn't know he would dominate really impresses me. Uh, Let's all right. also remember that he didn't have to play a single second of basketball after what he did in Las Vegas. Yep. And he said, he said, no, I committed the, to this team. I'm going to see it through. Like he could be playing all the way up to the draft, similar to what Luka Doncic did during his draft year. I think he flew from Spain to New York the morning of the draft so he could walk across the stage and, you know, shake uh, Adam Silver's hand. Like that yep. might be Victor this year, but he, it, to his credit, he has played in every single game. He's played in every, he played in the all-star game. He's also uh, helped uh, team France in the FIBA world cup qualifier. Like he, he's competing and getting better. It's unbelievable. What you don't know is that the Spurs GM is actually live watching this. And he just said, let's go for the third time. How loudly. <laughs> that's, no, that's the owner. That guy's the owner. That's not, I know Brian, Wright. He, he was the one that was like, oh, okay, yeah. It's my it. second test. So you're, you're really passing my <laughs> test so far, Kristen. I'm very, very impressed. My second biggest reason question for you. All right, take me to the other side. Biggest reason that Spurs fans should be even slightly concerned, if anything. Yeah, I mean, it has to be the uh, possibility of injury, especially with a player his size. I mean, we saw it with Chet Holgram, who was healthy, healthy, healthy. Then he goes and plays in a pro-am game against LeBron James, tries to stop him in the open court, and has a season-ending ending injury. Um, so you always have to go in with caution with any player at that size yep. and you know, uh, wonder if there's going to be any injuries down the road. So I think that would be we, – we're seeing it now with Zion Williamson. Yep. You know? And it, it was very – it's, it's – not similar in the sense of the the hype. I mean, the hype was there because ESPN and, you know, shoved Duke games down our throat and said Zion Williamson 67 times a game. I counted. I counted one game. I will send you the tweet thread. It was, I, I was like, I'm going to count how many times they say Zion Williamson. Like, uh, it was Jay Billis and whoever he calls the game with. Anyways, um, 
but in the sense where it's like everybody's focused on this player, Victor, and here we got Scoot Henderson coming up. Here we got the Thompson twins coming up. You know, so I think there's going to be some room for a lot of the guards in the class to surprise a lot of NBA fans because everyone is just focused, Victor, 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 Victor. And I think they're going to be surprised about what other players in this draft will be as NBA players. I got a question for you there. First, let me say, I actually remember that uh, Jay Billis game and he was announcing it with the Spurs owner because I would, I would recognize that guy anywhere. Um, and so I knew for sure that's who he was. My last biggest reason question for Victor and maybe it's the most important. Biggest reason when Benyama is not quite as good as Jonathan Kaminga. What do you think? What? <laughs> you bastard. All right, here. Transition. Transition. I, I do have a Kaminga Corey question, and I know he's not in the same class. But here it is. Uh, and this one was written in, quote, One of the millions of things that bother me about the Warriors postseason is that J.K. got almost zero run, which makes me feel like he may lose his commitment to the team. KP has known him from the jump. How does she feel this playoff run will impact Kaminga's future in Golden State? So I'm I'm worried about this, Kristen. What do I you would not, no 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 no. Come on, let's pump the brakes. Remember, we 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 need to take a step back and remember Kaminga is still very young. Remember, he reclassed, and so he's one of the youngest players, I think, in that draft class, and he still has a lot of room to grow. And Bram, I remember I texted you this. I don't know if we if I've shared this on the pod or not, but at Nike Hoop Summit, uh, he was there with Moses Moody. They were playing the next day. And I went up to him and and I said, I was like, you know, what do you what do you do in the off season? And he goes, What are you talking about? And I said, Well, do you have any trips planned? Are you going anywhere? And he goes, No, I stay in the gym. I'm staying, he's like, I'm staying in the Bay Area, I'm staying in San Francisco. I don't what what so, have I done? I don't, I'm not going on vacation. I haven't proven anything yet. He said, I, I'm just, I'm going to work and get better. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love JK so much. <laughs> I love this kid hey, so much. It makes two of us. All right. Um, <laughs> like he, he, was, he was looking at me like, why are you even asking me this? Why would I go Weaponize this knowledge. Make it, make it specific to this postseason. All right. Because I, we all watched him. Yeah. His body posture changed. He didn't get any time at all. You know I mean? Just none. They, they didn't give him an opportunity. Yeah. So his skill levels there, his work ethics there. Tell me about his maturity, his personality. You know, well, to, there's to, always, it's know. always a struggle, right? You got to like all these kids come in and especially lately because of the social media, because of, high school rankings because of them being told their entire career up to college or he went the G League Ignite route. Like, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. And it, it, it strokes their ego. So then you get on a team where, no, actually, you're not even close to the best. Yeah. You have to find your spot. There's going to be a power struggle, and it's going to be tough for a kid who's 19, 20 to accept that. And hopefully he's growing into – you know, trying to find his role and and trying to have those tough conversations with management and the coaching staff and and just being proactive and then like, look, guys, like, what more do you want from me? Like, what can I do right. to to get more rotational minutes? Like, you guys drafted me for a reason. Let's try to make this work. Like, I, I'm hoping that he's been proactive in that regards, but you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah, I mean, I I, 
I, I said this last year, so grain of salt, but I think his development and who he is on the team next year is going to be an enormous reason why the Warriors are or are not title contenders. You know, yeah. they, they, they're not, there's not going to be some giant offseason signing. If they're going to make a leap, it's going to be because the people who are on roster make the leap for them. And if you had to handpick anybody who has the tools to do that, yeah. I think it's Kaminga, but I just hope he's still... Everything you said is making me feel better, but I was, I don't know, worried about the way they handled him and what that would do to his commitment. Right, right. And like Next, I said, like when when anytime I talk to Kaminga, it's always like we don't. It's not like I'm sitting down for dinner and he's like I, I have a therapist written <laughs> on my forehead and he's he's he. It's always very just like top. Line, oh, how are you? How's the family? Like good to see you. And yeah. Are there players who you sit down for dinner with with therapist written on your forehead or? Yeah, there are. There are some players where it's like <laughs> they, I don't need, I, it's like I ask two questions and they spend 30 minutes telling me <laughs> everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> that sounds like the makings of an entire podcast that we may have to explore down the line here. <laughs> uh, Maxine, what are you feeling about JK? Having heard what KP just said, having watched him, you know, we've talked about this. Where are you at? I, I mean, I had concerns, you know, and and again, I, I go back to the fact that I'm sitting here on the outside as a fan and I've learned to trust this organization enough times. And I think right now what, what I'm hearing is that Steve Kerr is in his ear. Steve Kerr is telling him, hey, it's not your time yet, just as it wasn't, you know, whoever else's time that came before you, that came off the bench, that found their way into the rotation. I, I I think, you know, the thing that would be tricky for me if I'm Jonathan Kaminga is I'm pointing at the 14th pick in the same draft as my draft and being like, well, this dude's getting minutes. And, you know, I, again, I go back to like, I don't know what Kerr is actually saying. I just know the few words <clears throat> that are getting to me, which are, hey, this guy is, uh, you know, is going to find his time. But I want to point out one thing. I don't know if you, if you guys saw this, um, he, uh, this, this was on Reddit uh, just today of Kaminga kind of doing some some drills. And the reason I'm bringing this up, this is not the Warriors facility, right? You can see that there's like a, um, you know, Golden State is nowhere to be seen except on Kaminga's shirt, right? Like you see these types of videos all the time and you see these dudes in random gear, you know, promoting their own brands or whatever. Maybe it's their homie's brand that, right? This guy is in a Warriors shirt. And to me, that, that speaks volumes. It speaks volumes because he's in here doing the type of work that we need. Oh, he's I know the gym he's at. He's in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Powell, I think, is the guy's name. Yeah. Um, which, who also um, trained uh, Paul George. Um, so, again, just like the, the pure handles, and you see him working on his handles in this in this, uh, in this this stuff, and he's looking fast, right? Which is another thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. When you see guys one-on-one -on -one with, like, non-NBA players, you just see how much faster they are than everybody, and it's just ridiculous. Um, I mean, dude is so strong. He comments on it in this video. It's really exciting to see right here. You see him, you know, doing a behind the back move and talking about how you slap your butt to keep the ball close to you. And then Kaminga's working on his handles. I think it's just, it's really exciting. So again, to see him putting in the work on the summer, you know, proof in the pudding of what KP was just saying, but also doing it in a warrior shirt. I mean, I think this guy is really committed to our organization. I love a lot of things about this video. I do love that he's wearing that shirt. I do love that he's working on his game. The other thing I love is how little of a fuck the gentleman without a shirt looks like he is giving. <laughs> I mean, just not like he looks like he is upset to be there, upset to have been asked to be the rebounder, just the entire thing. And I can associate with him. So I like that. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Last take on Kaminga, and it's the biggest reason why I'm confident about his future. I think that the Warriors have changed their perspective on him. I think they entered into last year thinking J.K. was like a 2025 problem. You know, he's that second title window guy. This year, after they lost and they realized what they need from him, I don't think they view him as a future problem. I think they view him as they better develop him right now. So we'll see it. Um, All right, back to the draft. Quote, I know it's top-heavy. But is this draft class deep? All right, so I've made this a few different questions, KP. Here's, uh, here's the first way I'll phrase it. How many possible franchise players in this draft, in your opinion? Three. Who? Victor? Victor, Scoot, and I'm going to go off the cusp and say one of the Thompson twins. Which one? I I mean flip a coin to me I I mean to me it's like I don't understand people who have a men at three and a star at nine like that doesn't make any sense to me they're like I had an NBA guy say to me I'm like who do you like better he's like I can't tell them apart <laughs> like <laughs> how hey. about here? let me ask it this way um, in fact shout out to my boy Mac listens to the show big fan of yours KP and is a Detroit fan so all oh, year oh yes. all year he stars told me, are aligning yeah, all year all year he told me look we're not gonna get the one big it's gonna be the fucking spurs but he didn't think they'd go to five you know and so they do they go to audible gas in the room <laughs> it's, it's just about the ugliest thing that could have happened so speak directly to mac is he fucked at the five pick can he still can they still get someone who's gonna make a big difference no, you guys are you guys are gonna you guys are gonna get a player that is going to be Great to slip inside, uh, like uh, alongside Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, whether that's, you know, you want to go big guard and Cam Whitmore or one of the top, you can, you can get a star Thompson or you can get a big like Jairus Walker out of Houston, who, by the way, looks like a complete unit, probably has the best NBA, most NBA ready body and has so much defensive versatility, you know, in terms of guarding off the perimeter and then also he's he's so big he can bang in the low in the post so there are still there are still plenty of options but you know kevin ollie who was the director of whatever at overtime elite who coached a men in a star during their pro tour when they went to europe when i saw them in serbia and spain and then also for a handful of games uh during the fall is rumored to be um in the running to get the head coaching job in detroit and kevin told me he thinks both the men and Asar have a uh, Hall of Fame potential. Huh. So, wow. say what you want. I don't. I don't know. How many possible All Stars in this draft? Six. So deep. I mean, this is to answer the first question. Do you view this draft as a deep draft? Yes, I do. Um, 
put it, I'm going to, this, this is less tongue in cheek than it sounds. Um, and here, let me make it less tongue in cheek. One of the things warrior fans everywhere are considering is trading youth, right? We, yep. we trade our future assets to get current players. And really who we're talking about when we say that is Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, and then to a lesser extent, PBJ. Um, let's assume they were all rookies right now. Would any of those three players go in the top 10 of this draft? Uh, Kaminga. Where? Where would he go? Eight. And it's, it's different. It's different this year. And I'll tell you why, because uh, there's a lot of need for primary ball handlers. And this year there just happens to be a lot of very skilled guards. And then you, you sprinkle in Taylor Hendricks from uh, UCF, who, you know, is a six, nine, three and D guy who can shoot really well. You got Brandon Miller who shot over 40% before the NCAA tournament on seven attempts per game. He'll be in the top three, top four. Um, and so, and then of course, Jairus Walker, but it's so funny. Every time the the graphic for our mock draft comes up, everyone's like, oh my gosh, everyone's a guard. And it's like, yeah, but they're all six, seven, six, eight, <laughs> and versatile and playmakers. This is a draft class of best available prospect. That's why when you have, you see the Charlotte Hornets at two and you're like, oh my gosh, can Scoot Henderson and LaMelo Ball coexist in the backcourt together well when you have a guy that has already spent two years in the g league dominating the g uh, league and he's been projected as a mixture of russell westbrook and a healthy derrick rose when he entered the league uh you put them in the backcourt together and you figure it out yeah you know the talent went out um all right I, I gotta stop playing this cool so i got a warriors question here and I'm, I'm gonna throw it your way but this whole time so at the risk of being transparent before the mics went hot Kristen insinuated that her mom was fired up that she was coming on this show. She didn't say it directly. She insinuated, and then she stopped and said, you know what, I'll, I'll save her the pot. And for the last 34 minutes and 55 seconds, I've been sitting back playing it cool, like, oh, you should drop it in here. I can't wait. Well, fuck, Kristen. I know, I, I, I know. Well, let me tell What's going on? So my mom, she said to me, she goes, oh, I'm so excited you're going on that Warriors podcast. It's the only time I ever get an update on your dating life. <laughs> and, and all of my all of my friends always ask. And I just say, well, she, we don't really talk about it. But I, I listen to this podcast where she tells stories. And I never heard about the face painting guy. <laughs> like, or the dog advice guy. Or the other like <laughs> sequence of terrible guys who somehow made their way into your Utah dating So yeah, life. my mom listens. She's now a fan of the show, but she's always like, oh, what's the latest in your dating life? <laughs> oh, shout out, Mrs. Peak. We really appreciate you. Sorry for that F-bomb I dropped earlier. I feel a little <laughs> embarrassed now. Uh, do, it's like her school? least you like favorite to word. Mom? You got anything for us? I honestly know because it's draft season, so I don't even have time for it. But <laughs> I mean, and I think, well, I, I will say this one thing. There was this guy that like my family at my Aunt Jay's 95th birthday party in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, Coltmont, Pennsylvania. It's literally like an old cold mining town. And my and we're like sitting around with my uncles. Um, my my dad's one of six kids. And my uncles are like, oh, why aren't you settling down? Oh. And I mentioned a guy that I liked from my past who I'm still like friends with. And so they're like, oh, no, you should you should tell him. You should tell him. So then like that opportunity presented itself and uh, I chickened out and still hasn't said anything. So <laughs> I respect that. That's exactly what I would do. I can see getting all excited for it. Like seeing the time kind of slow down, like this is when I should say something and then nothing. And then it, well, then it he, so he, he's friends with a guy that I 
have already dated. And so it's that bro code thing mm. that like I'm worried is still in effect. Yeah. So. I mean, you could talk to the guy, fuck that person. I say you go for what makes you happy, Kristen. Um, in fact, as a guy, I'm now releasing you from the guy code. <laughs> Anything you need to do, you okay. contact that person, you let them know. See, okay. Wait, I'll know if he listens to the pod. Cause I'm sure he'll like, I'm sure I will, I'll get a text like, so I listened to the Warriors podcast, dot, dot, dot. And I'll be like, yeah, so what's up? <laughs> you should play cool. Which one? I'm on a lot. You know, like, let's see see where he goes from there. Kristen, Kristen, you might not know this. As guys, we only get one of those releases from the guy code a year. So that's a really generous thing from Bram, you know? Literally, though, and like this, I mean, I'm I'm not, I yes, thank you. Thank you, Bram. Yeah, all right. But, I'm I'm now back to like, no, this is serious. Like me and this dude had a conversation maybe 10 years ago. 10, it, 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 this, was, this wasn't like I dated his friend a year ago. It's like 10 plus years. So, I mean, here, let's make it a little bit more serious. You don't need my fucking permission to date anybody. And you certainly <laughs> don't need me to fucking to release you from any guy code. I can tell you just as someone who has opinion on too many things, fuck that other person especially if it's been 10 years, it is up to you to pursue this relationship. And if the other person has funk with it, that's on them. Um, okay. Well now let me just, let me just totally just like throw like, like, okay. And then I was like, Oh, so what's, what's been new? What, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, Oh, so-and-so moved back and uh, we're, we're living together. My ex-boyfriend and him, the guy that was like the bro code. So now they're like oh. roommates again. And I was Ooh. like, Oh, okay, that's a little more complicated. Oh. Yeah, that's, you might want to throw that detail in when you're first. I know, I know, but now, now, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I used to date his roommate. That's a different thing than like when they used to have a relationship or a housemate. I shouldn't say roommate. Right, right, house, whatever, yeah. housemate. <laughs> but it, okay, yeah, all right. A uh, two th that that'll be a uh, check in check in after the draft. We, we definitely will. As a random follow up, do you know if they share bath salts in that house, or you know, you don't have to tell us. <laughs> You don't have to tell us totally. Oh my God, I got new bath salts the other day and I was so excited. And even just like, I'm still bitter about it. And even just like looking at them, I'm like, oh, I can't believe he did that. Like, I was <laughs> Do you know how happy I am? So how much I enjoy these podcasts. But the thing I enjoy this one and, and what's making me so happy is that we've organically worked in the phrase bath salts now <laughs> twice to a draft podcast. And like, you know, I don't, I don't even have it on my notes. It just came up, which makes me like imagine, smile. Imagine first time listeners listening to this being like, what, who is this girl? Like oh, what? Yeah. This girl, they, it's the host. They're like, why is he asking her about <laughs> dating shit? Like I'm trying to learn. Why does he keep bringing in Kaminga? I can tell you for those new listeners, it doesn't get better than this. So if you're not enjoying <laughs> it, I don't know what to tell you. You know, we, this is really what we feature. Okay. Enough entree. Um, or appetizer, I should say. Tell me about the Warriors option. So yeah. Warriors are in Golden State are picking at 18. Um, some names, some 19. upsides we should be available. 19, my third time I've tested you. What sucks is we did talk about this offline. I did say 18 and you did not correct me in I any way, in any way until we went live. And then here you are casually saying 19. All right, 19. Who, who do they have options at? Okay, so 19, you know, I'm looking at like you guys, you guys have a good group of guards, right? I think we're in terms of like next level of development because it failed with James Wiseman would be in the front court, right? So I'm looking at Derek Lively, who's seven foot two. He went to Duke. He was a freshman there. Uh, didn't do a lot because 
in the Duke system, it doesn't really allow the spacing the same way as, as, uh, as the NBA does. So he was just a rim runner and a shot blocker and didn't really showcase his three point jump shot, which he did in fact have in, in high school. Fun fact, Derek Lively was also on one of like the greatest AAU team I've ever seen. It was team final. It was him. It was Jalen Duran, who is now at the, with the uh, Detroit Pistons. Shout out to your friend and listener yeah. who's a Pistons Matt, fan. And, <laughs> and also Amani Bates. And it was the three of them. And it was like the most incredible AAU basketball I've ever seen. So I really like him there. If you are looking more for the guard to develop in terms of the one or two, Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine. I just saw him in Vegas. Um, he He's one of the best shooters, shooting guards um, in this draft class. And he didn't do well at Pepperdine. They only won nine games, which, you know, NBA teams kind of, you know, put a put a halt to because it's like, okay, if you can't win and be productive, then what are you going to do at the NBA level? But he seems to be very serious throughout this process. He's added 12 pounds of muscle on his on his frame because he was I think it was like 195 in the season. Now he's 210. He looks great. Huh. Um, so that's another another uh, possibility. And then I really like Leonard Miller from the G League Ignite. You know, this is another guy um, who has a year playing under his belt. He's 6'10", 215, kind of that swing four, really long. And he's only 19. And I think he I think he averaged a double double this year, this season. Hmm. Um, but he's he's 6'10, he's got length, a 7'3 wingspan. I think he measured at the combine. Um, so those are just a few players. If you're gonna keep the pick and look to develop alongside the young core coming up as a secondary unit, those are just some options. Before we hit record, and I gave you the wrong pick and you did not correct me, you did in fact say. Um, ooh, 18th, 19th. That's going to yeah. mean a, an extra amount of work for the Warriors scouts. It's what a fun mean? pick. Yeah. Why? I, Give us a little background there. Listen, you got to do your homework. You do your, when it starts to get to like the 18, 19, and then like 21 to 24 ish, 25, then you really have to do your homework and it's not necessarily, okay, who's still on the board? Let's take him, which tends to happen in the lottery. Yep. So you just take best available prospect. Now you're looking for players that uh, fit your system. They fit your locker room. Who are they off the court? Um, what do we see during the season? It's a lot more scouting. And I think teams kind of like those picks because, sure. you know, all the work that they put into the season actually matters when it comes down to the pick that they have. I've got a judgment feeder here that's been bursting through me that I really want to ask you. But first, I'm a kind of a follow up on LeBron. So we're gonna I'll, I'll take this in a different podcast and we'll really jump into it. But I might not have you, so I want your opinion on it now. Okay. okay? Um, quote: Since the Nuggets secured the sweep, rumors have swirled about LeBron's next destination. Some stories have him retiring. Others have him quietly, or others have quietly pointed out that a pairing with Golden State would make sense. Before you even consider what would have to happen to bring him to the Bay or the money, how do you feel about the idea of James being a warrior? So, Maxime, sit back. You and I will do this at some other point. Christian, you, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the suggestions and stuff. You know, like, just conceptually, what do you think about LeBron James pairing with Steph Curry? Uh, I think it's a sellout. I think that's... <laughs> Cause it, I mean, it's not just going to be him. It's going to be It's going to have to be him and Bronny. And I'm sorry, but like, how are you going to make room for both of them? 
Yeah. Because he's already like he's he said it so much that now we've all in the draft space have just accepted the fact that Bronny is going to be an NBA player. But and people have asked, like, has your has your opinion on Bronny James changed? I said, no, my opinion on the situation has changed. Yeah, because wherever LeBron goes or even if he doesn't go anywhere next year and he he signs like whatever one one year contract in L.A. just to stay there and and do load management and not really play. Um, wherever Bronny goes, that's where LeBron's going to go. Uh, um, phenomenal distinction. And I'll tell you what, I don't have interest in them both coming here. I don't. Um, it, one of them, if it's like a concession of like, how can we help each other? You know, LeBron wants to pat his rings. Steph wants to pat his rings. And it's kind of this idea where he's coming to just be a part of the whole. Great. If he's coming with his son, that's not what's going to happen. You know, that then this is a continuation of the LeBron story, not of the of the warrior story. So I'm, yeah. I don't know. It's, it, so I just, I, I've been thinking about this the whole podcast. Is it? LeBron still has his college eligibility. I don't think it's, you know, like he didn't get to go to school. He's got an agent. Yeah, but yeah, but he's already oh, he's cashed got an in. He's got an agent. Yeah. yeah. He has Damn. an entire agency. <laughs> the idea of him going to fucking USC. so funny. That no, is I mean, so it, just, it would be such an aggressive ass LeBron move. You know, he brings that last dance documentary crew over to fucking SC and we watch whatever the hell happens there. But we, oh my God, I don't even know what Andy Infield would do in that situation. I mean, it's like, I remember seeing him at like an AAU tournament and I was like, oh, your program has been up for a lot of discussion. This is before Bronny committed to USC. And he's just like, oh, I don't know, KP. And I said, all right, well, I've written one of two stories. And so I'm hoping for your sake that it's in your favor. And he's like, oh, we'll see. And I was like, how soon will we see? Because I want to make sure this isn't going to happen at midnight on a Sunday. <laughs> like, Did he give he... you any hints? Did no. you get anything out of him? He, I don't think he even knew. I don't even think he like, oh, that's a whole nother podcast. But I don't, I don't think he knew when Bronny was going to post his Instagram and commit. Tell me to fuck myself if this is a question I shouldn't be asking. But LeBron made some waves by saying that Bronny is already better than a number of NBA players. Any thoughts on that one way or the other? That sounds like a very proud dad moment and good for him for gassing up his son and, you know, not putting a bigger target on his back for when he eventually does hit the league and uh, in, in saying those things. But um, I don't have a problem with Bronny. I actually really think he's a great player and he's a great kid. And every time, every interaction I've ever had with him has been positive and it, you would not think that of all of the scrutiny and all of the attention that he's had his entire career, he handles it way better than anybody would ever expect. Maxim, do you see how well KP answered that question? I bet you if you rearrange the letters in her response, it actually spells go fuck yourself, Bram. So that was just really nicely done. I'm very Look, I, I, I put in a little dig. You did. No, you did. And no, you handled it, handled it great. It's like a compliment sandwich kind yeah. of deal, you know, which, yeah. which is, no, it was, uh, it was nicely handled. All right. Our Judgment Theater. Quote, I'm a longtime Warriors fan who lives out of state. Since 2015, I've watched the playoffs with my wife and dog, and we've helped bring in six finals appearances and four titles. This year, a friend from the Bay moved out by us, and we watched three games together. Game six against the Kings, 19-point loss. Games three versus the Lakers, 30-point loss. And a game six against LA, 21-point loss. 
I now blame him for all three losses and hate his facial hair. Let me pause. I love that. I love that they hate the facial hair. Off it goes. If this was you, would you ever watch another playoff game with this person? And if not, how would you break the news? So don't answer. Guess. Okay. Guess for me. I have a, a friend. They come in. We watch games together. We lose three in a row in heartbreaking fashion. Will I ever watch another game with that person? And if not, what do I tell them? Zero chance you will ever. I mean, I know you well enough to when you got mad at your friend for a regular season game in December who couldn't get the game on his YouTube TV. That was unacceptable. I, totally right. Like, there's zero chance you, you would. And this is what you would say. It would be one of those like, it, it's not it's not you. It's me type of scenario, <laughs> like breakup watching the game. Or, you know what you do? You just like blame your wife and be like, look. I, I can't, I got to stay home. I got, I got the kids. I can't watch the game with you. Maybe we can try this again next season. Maxime, what's your guess? It's, blaming the wife is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 I think that's just correct. It's a person who's not married and, and like clearly hates love and relationships. So don't listen to me ever. <laughs> you, have a, you have a love uh, cube right behind you. What do you, I don't know. I don't <laughs> I know, but that's for, that's for Gary. That's for my dog. Yeah. And it's smaller than the Toon Squad. Uh, cube, so I, mean, you know, I don't, you know, if, if we're, if we're calling out shit behind her, what's your response, Maxine? Same thing. Yeah. But I think it's, it's not even, let's see if we can pick this up next season. I think you're like, yeah, maybe the next game. And you, you're just like, you're down to tap dance for every single game and you'll figure out a new excuse, but you'll never watch another game with them. I feel incredibly seen. So first let me say JT, if you're uh, listening, I still don't forgive you for your YouTube bullshit. And I wanted to watch that game in December and it's unacceptable that your fucking cable thing did not work. Now to this scenario, would I ever watch a game again after three gut fucking punch losses in the playoffs? Hell no. I don't think I'd be that person's friend anymore. I think we just wouldn't see each other in any context at oh, all. Oh, you would freeze them out? I might. I might. And oh, I'm psychotic enough where it. we might not even have the discussion, KP. They might just like stop getting Oh, you invites. would ghost them? I mean, like I... There might be some passive aggressive shit. You know what I mean? Like, like me subtly laughing while I'm blaming him for a loss at some point and then like slowly pulling out of the life. But would I ever watch another game? A billion percent no. And I've had this scenario play out. I had a friend. We're going to go ahead and bleep this name. My boy. I grew up watching games with him. We didn't for a while. We got back together during the dynastic run. We lost one. That's it. I'll never watch another game with him before. And until I talked about it on this podcast, I've never explained it to him. So we now know, like, yes, I have real world experience. Let's go to Maxime. I, be I bet you Maxime would watch with him. I think you'd be frustrated. <laughs> and I think you would make jokes about it as it went on. By the third one, you'd be saying like, eh, I'm not sure we can do this anymore. But I don't think you'd cut him out. I think you would continue to watch. What do you think, Christian? Yeah, he's a lot nicer than you, for sure. I don't know if we had to put it that way. There's a <laughs> lot of ways you could have phrased it. What's the response? Here's the thing. I didn't have, I had different friends <gasps> over for different games and uh, I, uh, it sucked, right? Like it wasn't even like, I don't necessarily like blame those people, um, but it was just so unpleasant to lose amongst friends that like, I kind of just don't want to watch games with anybody anymore. Is that, is that a reasonable response? I think I'm just done. I'm That's just going to watch alone. <laughs> I don't, I don't watch games with people unless it's my brother. Not that he doesn't really count. And Gary and Gary. 
The Here's amount of support you're, supporting, you're, you're showing Maxime right now is really upsetting me. I mean, like, I, like he basically gave the same reason. And you're like, oh, that's just because you're a really nice guy, Maxime. And <laughs> nicely no, played by say, you. He, he was like, I, I just don't want to watch with anybody. That's fair. You know what? This triggered a memory of mine that happened last week in Chicago. Can I share it with you guys real quick? So I was, it was the day after the draft lottery. Um, I, I just wanted to like go and get a burger and just chill. And I always sit at the bar because usually nobody bothers me. And I had my AirPods in. So people definitely don't know to, to bother me. Am I listening to anything? No, absolutely not. Just don't bother <laughs> me. And then I can't remember who was playing, but a game was on. And this guy sitting like three seats down goes, mm-hmm. hey, can I buy you a shot? And I was like, that's aggressive for a Wednesday night. I was like, no, I'm good. And he's like, what are you doing in Chicago? I was like, oh, I'm a sports writer. I was here for the combine. As soon as I say I do anything in basketball, this happens every time. Every single man I've ever, in that, in that scenario, that I've ever come in contact with, whether it's an Uber driver, whether it's on an airplane, whether it's like at a bar and I'm trying to eat, they then that like think they have to mansplain the game of basketball to yeah. me. And I'm like, sorry, mom. Threatened. And, and I'm like, sorry for saying this, mom. Motherfucker, did you just hear what I said? I said, <laughs> I'm a sports writer and I work in basketball. Why are you now mansplaining uh, this team and 100%. breaking down this game for me. I don't. Anyway, uh, I, just, I just had to get that off my chest, dude. If you if you were sitting at a bar and they asked you what you did and you said I'm a cardiologist, they wouldn't be like, let me tell you about heart health. You know, like yes. no, I do this for. I don't need your shit at all. And let me. I don't even get to that portion of the story. The idea that you would have earpods in and he asked you more than one question is such <laughs> an aggressive, ridiculous move. Just do this next time. Social you know, cues. Like, pretend like you're on the phone. Some people, or some people don't have social cues. I, I, um, this is a random follow up, but last couple of times I've been in an Uber, I, I had my earpods in, was listening to a podcast. Acceptable or rude? Like I, I spent the whole time worried. Like, yeah, like it's not a, it's not an asshole move. Like I, I thought my rating would get knocked down, which I'm always hell of worried about. Like, no, the only time it's so rude. Let me tell you, the only time I would ever be rude is I got in an Uber once, and this is it was it was so sweet. And, um, this guy, he turned, he turned to me and he, and he said in broken English, he said, hello, I'm from Japan. I'm working on my English. Can, can I practice? And I'm like, yeah. And so he would ask like, what is your favorite color? And like, just very basic kindergarten stuff, but it was so sweet. And so that, that was, that is when you would be an asshole brand. You can't do that to a guy that you just described like, my nightmare that sounds like a fucking nightmare to me so i what i like is they probably got like four or five questions in and he was like what do you do for a living you said i cover the nba and then he gave you a broken english breakdown of fucking the nba and how basketball should be followed here in america and that's and when i put my airpods in. immediately in which brings us back to the judgment theater my guess on you you'd continue to watch you wouldn't give a fuck if you like if, if you watch it and they lost a couple of times you would make fun of the person aggressively as it was happening, but it wouldn't bother you in the same. Like you, you would be totally okay. You wouldn't have the unhealthy relationship with the loss that I do. And you'd be totally fine. They'd be invited over next time. Like, hey, let's watch them lose by 50 again. Who gives a shit? Totally fine. Yep. <laughs> I watch a lot of basketball, Bram. Like I'm not, I'm not as emotionally invested. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm glad I was really worried about how that was going to end and, you know, emotionally invested. That's fine. It yeah. wasn't, I was crazy this time. I'll right, 100% right. take it. Kristen, 
missed you. Um, I missed mean, you guys. really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I don't know how know, much draft stuff we covered, but I was hell of, what are you talking about? We got three. I, I know who, why Victor Van Manyama's, um, future is bright as hell. Oh, wait, I can I just say one thing that like, as soon as I'm sorry to cut you off, this no is like, this is, I'm, I'm so excited about the budding rivalry that is going to take place between the San Antonio Spurs and the Oklahoma city thunder. And I'm here for it. The fact that Chet Holgram is going to enter next year and is going to be up for all the same rookie awards that Victor is after he stole the gold medal in the U19 FIBA World Cup. Check it out, you guys. Victor, like, schooled him on everything, finished with 22 points and, like, eight blocks. It was ridiculous. And the only reason he didn't get the MVP and they lost the game is because he fouled out in the fourth quarter. So I am very excited about this budding rivalry. And I think you guys should be excited too. <laughs> Still believe in Chet? Yeah. Seemed a little, a little cooler than I thought on that answer, but yeah, the the injury and I mean, you described him as a unicorn multiple times to me. Does that yeah. designate? Yeah, it still, still lands. I th I think so, and I think that I think a lot will be determined in how he comes back. And I mean, I'm I'm assuming he's been in the gym working out this entire time. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not president of the Chet Holgram fan club. You're not. Oh, cause no. that was my next question is, are you president of the <laughs> Chet? Cause oh, there you go. And then, then we got that answer free and clear. Maxime, what am I forgetting about the draft? Any follow-up questions, anything else we should get out there? No, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think we got all the answers we needed right now. I don't know when, when I, at this point, it's so interesting, right? Like Patrick Baldwin jr. Is now on our team, right? But right. when we were talking about it and it was just the 28th pick, there was all these names flying by me, right? And it's like, I'm it, not a person that's embedded in this stuff. I'm like, it's I unbelievable. Yeah. Like the amount of movement that will take place between now and June 22nd between teams is incredible, especially in that 15 to 30 range. What, what you're telling us is we desperately need you back once we know who the hell the Warriors picked up um, and then we'll figure out whether or not they won that draft in between then and now I am positive everybody listening thinks the same way I do need way more Kristen Peak in our life if I'm right where do they yes. go oh well you guys this is perfect I can plug my own podcast I now have a podcast it's called on the clock with Kristen Peak part of the ball don't lie network on Yahoo Sports uh, my first podcast dropped last week, immediately following the NBA draft lottery. So if you want to hear winners and losers, what's the tier level of all the prospects in the lottery, um, you can give that a listen. And then tomorrow I'll have Kevin Dana, who's the play-by-play -play for all of Victor's games this year. And then Victor Wimbanyama's trainer, Tim Martin on. So that'll be dropping Thursday. And yeah, a lot of fun guests coming up. There is nobody more skilled, more <laughs> locked in more informed in this process than Christian. And so take advantage of that. Get out there and listen. I mean, it's not like I'm going to be like telling Tim Martin about my dating life. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be Don't a lot cut more that off. Don't cut that off. You never know what Tim might ask you. That might be coming <laughs> on, you know? And if you ever want someone to come in and ask you questions about your, I mean, I'm available to it. And if you want me to just regurgitate draft knowledge, I can't imagine you. I can't imagine my editors like listening to my podcast on the clock with Kristen Peak and being and like seeing their face as I like tell a bath salt story or or any other dating story that is like like they, they would be mortified. So I'm It'd glad be way I, before thank that. You, 
thank you. Thank you for this safe space. You know, that I, my that I pleasure. I just, you'd tell them the, the name of like, oh, with Bram Hills and be like, who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> like, why are we, why does he know? And it's like, no, no, no. He didn't know how to say when Benyama for years, but he can say it now. So he's the perfect person. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You've really, really come a long way. That. I really, well, I practice. I practice a lot of times. Uh, for us, you want to let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job, get us a questions for the golden questions. Uh, give us a critique, anything you want. You can shoot us an email too. Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. We are also up on social media. We are on Twitter. That one's at Warriors Huddle. We are on Instagram, same designation. And perhaps most importantly, we're on YouTube, uh, where Maxime is doing magical things. Uh, I'll leave it kind of amorphous like that so that you go and check it out. Hop on YouTube, look it up, and you'll be impressed. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you real soon. Good, good.